Hey everyone, welcome to Rolling Hills Online. Wherever you are in the world, we're glad that you're joining us today. In addition to our online campus, we have two physical locations in Franklin and Nolensville. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love to meet you in person. If this is your first time joining us, we would like to invite you to check out our new here page at rollinghillscommunity.org. Here, you can find out more about who we are, what we believe, and what to expect when worshiping with us. If you've been with us before and want to find out how to get involved, please visit our Next Steps page. This is where you can learn more about baptism, partnership, missions, community groups, and more. If you're joining us live, we encourage you to jump into our chat. This is a great way to connect with our online community and further discuss today's message. In addition to the chat feature, you will find today's sermon notes and a link to the Bible so that you can follow along. Have something that you would like for us to pray with you about? Click the prayer request link at the bottom of the page. We would be honored to join you in prayer this week. If you feel called to partner with us financially, you can give online through the giving page of our website. Your support allows us to continue this opportunity to share the message of Christ around the world. So thank you. Again, welcome to Rolling Hills. We hope that you feel at home. From beginning to end, he is the same. From dawn to dusk, from death to life, he is eternal. He is sovereign. He is our teacher, our healer, our provider, our redeemer. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name. Uh, well, good morning, church. Good morning. I'm so excited about today. This morning, we are beginning this brand new series, and it's just called Jesus. And it's a series that's going to take us all the way to Easter as we celebrate the grace of our God and the resurrection of Jesus. So we're talking about Jesus. You know, everybody in the world has an opinion about Jesus, right? And a lot of people think that Jesus was a great man, which he was. A lot of people say he was a prophet. And a lot of major world religions would come back and say, you know, yeah, Jesus was a prophet. A lot of people think you know, he was a great philosopher. And others think he was a great leader. But the question comes for all of us at some point is, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? And what difference has Jesus coming made in your life and in my life? And that we live differently because of Jesus. C.S. Lewis was writing in Mere Christianity, and C.S. Lewis said this, Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Right? He was either a liar, or lunatic, or Lord. Because Jesus came and he said, I am the son of God, right? Not just a great man, not just a prophet, not just a philosopher. Jesus said, I am the son of God. So who is Jesus to you? We're launching this series. We're talking all about Jesus. And you know, you can tell a lot about a person just by their name. You ever thought about that? You can tell a lot of person, about a person just by their name. You meet somebody and you can, you can kind of figure out where they're from. You can figure out their nationality. You can figure out kind of what their family values. And, and there have been some great names throughout history, right? I mean, like Alexander the Great. I mean, that was, that's a great name. I mean, you can tell this dude, he conquered a lot of things. I mean, he did some great things. I mean, Charles the Hammer. I mean, that was, that's a good name, right? I mean, that's a, that Rocky Balboa. I mean, that's just a, a great name. There have been some great names Throughout history, uh, I always told Lisa if we had a boy, I was going to name him Thor. <laughs> so, 
That's a great name, right? It's a middle linebacker, Thor Danger Simmons. Danger is his middle name, right? Yeah, so and that's why we never had a boy, I guess, you know. <laughs> and she didn't go for Thorina. She didn't like that for a girl. But uh, I wanted that. Yeah, I was like, that's a great name. But you meet people and you, you just kind of learn a little bit about them just by hearing their name. I love our family dedication class here at church because you, you learn why parents chose a name for their child. And many of you, you may know, you know, the, the, the name that you chose for your child and it ties back to a family member or it ties back to a great-grandparent or ties to somebody you knew or, or it means something. And you're just like, man, I want this. This is important. This is special. I don't know if you know what your name means, but I'd love for you to take some time to find that out. Why were you named what you were named? But do you know this, the name Jesus? You know what the name Jesus means? Yeshua. It means salvation. That's what the name means, right? I mean, it's like, hi, I'm salvation. I mean, Jesus just came and said, here I am. Salvation has come. And there are a lot of great names out there. But there is no other name besides Jesus. Name above all names. Salvation. Now, in our series, we're going to have a memory verse, and I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to memorize this verse. It's from Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. We're going to put that up there, and I want you to see this. It just says this, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. No other name. So in our series, we're going to talk about Jesus is eternal. Next week, we'll see Jesus is sovereign. And then Jesus is teacher, healer, provider, redeemer. And Easter Sunday morning, Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. It's all about Jesus. So I hope you're ready because God has something to say to all of us. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to the Gospel of John. John, fourth book, New Testament, John. And we're going to unpack the Word of God today. Man, there is some just great meat for you to chew on today. I'm so excited about it. So if you don't have a, a Bible with you, maybe you have a mobile device, you can access the Scriptures online. Go to YouVersion, pull up John, and we'll be there. Uh, also, we'll put the Scripture on the screen for you to follow along with. But we, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, we'll be unpacking today. Now, as we talk about Jesus, there's really uh, no better place to go than to the Gospel of John. Uh, John probably knew Jesus better than anybody on the earth besides Mary. And Mary didn't write down a whole lot of things. So we've got John. And John was one of Jesus' disciples, right? And John was with Jesus through the miracles, through the teaching. And John not only was one of the disciples, he was one of the twelve. Then he was one of the three. Peter, James, and John. He spent the most time with Jesus. But not only that, he was known as the disciple Jesus loved. I mean, he was Jesus' best friend. I mean, he was with Jesus all the way through all of his earthly ministry. He was with Jesus at the cross. He was the only disciple present at the cross. Everybody else fled, and John was there. He was the first disciple inside the empty tomb. He was there when Jesus ascended into heaven. He became a leader in the early church. John loved Jesus and walked with Jesus and was with Jesus. It's a firsthand account of being with Jesus. Eyewitness right here. And John's writing this in like AD 100. He's about 90 years old, okay? And he's looking back on his life. And we just finished a series looking where Solomon and Ecclesiastes and Solomon look back on his life with regret. John looks back on his life and is like, yes, God chose me. 
Can you believe that? I got to be with Jesus in the joy that just exudes from the Gospel of John. It's so powerful. And so John's writing in an environment where a lot of people, even like today, are asking, who is Jesus? Because the gospel was spreading throughout the Roman Empire. You know, Paul had taken the gospel to the Gentiles. People were hearing about Jesus from all over. And the Greeks and the Jews and people were wondering, who is this Jesus? Just like today, right? Everybody wants to know. So there's CNN specials or Fox or, you know, networks. And people running, finding Jesus. Who is Jesus? And back then the same thing was happening. And so John comes along and says, I'll tell you, here is Jesus This is who he is. And so we're going to be in verses 1 through 18, kind of the prologue here of the Gospel of John. And he says in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. So here's where John starts. John doesn't start like Matthew and Luke, which go to, you know, Jesus being born in Bethlehem and the birth narrative there. John doesn't start where Mark does. And Mark, the Gospel of Mark, goes with Jesus' earthly ministry. John goes back to the very beginning. John just says Jesus is eternal. He goes back to the very beginning in Genesis. In the beginning was the Word. The Word. Now the term Word, okay, to the Greeks they would have understood this. Because their word for word was logos. And logos was not only the spoken word, what we say, for the Greeks they were all about reason, right? And so for the Greeks, it was not only what you said, it was what you thought. It goes back in here. And then, not only that, they backed it up even more to say, Logos was the word that is really the rational principle for the entire world. Every civilization that's ever existed has had some form of worship. Everybody knows there's got to be something bigger than me, right? And so the Greeks would say, that's Logos. That's what runs the universe. That is Word And so John goes, let me show you the word. I'll tell you the word. Now for the Jews, the Jews would come back to the first five books of the Old Testament. That was the revealed word of God. That's the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. That is the spoken word of God. And so here John says, the word stepped off the page. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Now notice that's important, right? The word was separate from God. The word was with God. But the word was also God. The very essence of God. And what John is saying is he's talking about the Trinity here. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now sometimes people get caught up in the Trinity like, I don't get that. You know, I mean, we worship one God, right? We're monotheistic. I mean, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. But then you got Father, Son, Spirit. I I love how St. Patrick, he would use a three-leaf clover. And he would say, look, you know, it's, it's one, but you get, you know, three different parts. Or some people use water and ice and steam. And there's the essence, but there's three different parts. And John's going, hey, Jesus is fully God, fully the divinity of Christ. He was with God, and he was God. He was with God in the beginning. So John's going all the way back to the Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, you know, he's saying, hey, When God said, let us make man in our own image. Jesus is the creator and sustainer of life. And John's going, I I don't want you guys to get confused and think that he was a prophet or just a great man. Jesus is fully God. Through him, all things were made. Verse 3, right? You can underline all. If you underline all, man, 
You were made, I was made, the world was made, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now here John introduces two great themes that he carries throughout the Gospel of John. He says, first of all, that Jesus is life. Jesus is life. This is used 36 times in the Gospel of John. John goes, you know, in the beginning when God spoke, Jesus brought life into the world. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus even said, if you believe in me, you will have eternal life, right? Jesus is life. Now this was good news because back in this time, the ancients were scared of death. I mean, they didn't know what was on the other side of death. You know, they, they were just afraid of death. And John goes, hey, listen, Jesus has come to bring life. Life. The second great theme he says is this, is that Jesus is light. Light. This is used 21 times in the Gospel of John. In fact, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The light has come. And again, this was huge because the ancients were scared of the dark. And you can imagine. I mean, back then they didn't have electricity. They didn't have street lights. So at night, it got really dark. I mean, pitch black dark, especially when the you know, clouds were covering up the moon and the stars. And so the ancients, they didn't like the nighttime. They didn't like the dark. A couple of weeks ago, we were uh, in the Amazon doing our pastor's conference, and we did a jungle hike one day. And we had this guide who took us into the Amazon jungle. And about 100 yards in, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I mean, like, this is crazy. And we're in the jungle, right? And our guide is like, hey, that's a bullet ant. Don't step on that. I'm like, no worries, you know. And he's like, that blade of grass will cut you. It's razor sharp. Okay. You know, you can drink from this vine, but don't cut this vine and drink from it because it's poison. You will die. And I'm like, what happens if you're in here at night? He's like, yeah, that's not good, right? You know, I mean, he goes, you don't want to sleep on the ground because people go mad when they sleep on the ground because there's all kinds of sounds and things that are coming. You want to climb up in a tree that's a saddle part and tie yourself in so you won't fall asleep and fall out. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Get me out of here. You know, I don't want to be. Well, that was the same kind of feeling. And John says, guys, into the darkness Jesus came and he brought light. And they're like, yes, thank you, God. The light has come. And, and John is showing into spiritual darkness, into spiritual worry and fear and anxiety. The light has come. Praise God for that incredible truth. Jesus is life. Jesus is light. He says, there was, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. Now, when you see John in the Gospel of John, it's not referring to John the Apostle who's writing this. It's referring to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner to the Messiah. The Old Testament said there would be one who would come and prepare the way. So that's John the Baptist. John the Apostle who wrote this, he always calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. I, I really love that. I mean, I hope I can you know, start to think that way. You know, man, Jesus loves me. He's for me. But he's talking about John the Baptist here. He says, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. 
The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. So he says, guys, a lot of people talk about John the Baptist. A lot of people were excited about John the Baptist back then. He had an incredible, powerful ministry. But he said John the Baptist was just preparing the way. The whole thing with John the Baptist was to point people to the Messiah, to point people to Jesus. And you guys, that's our job. As followers of Christ, it should never become about us. You know, it's never become about us in our, in our ministry or our service or anything we do. We ought to always be pointing people to Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can change a person's heart. Jesus is the only one who can save anybody, right? That's not our job. Our job is just to say, hey, look, I want you to see Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. So he says in verse 10, he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And you're thinking, Jesus made it all. How in the world did the world not recognize him? I mean, he did all these miracles. Have you ever thought that? I always think, like, if I lived back then and I saw Jesus feed 5,000, I, I would go, yeah, that's awesome. I saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. How did people miss him back then? How do people miss him today? And it all comes back to Genesis chapter 3, which we'll dive into next week. The fall. Jesus made man, and man was in this perfect relationship. They had this great relationship with one another, Adam and Eve. They were in perfect relationship with God. And then they kind of said, you know what, God? We don't want to do it your way. We want to do it our way. And the fall. And sin entered the world and the brokenness. And people still, like, God, I don't want to do it your way. I don't want to follow you. So he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So he came to the Jewish people, right? And, and yet he felt rejected. And then you come to verse 12. And 12 and 13, man, this is the gospel. I mean, this is just the good news right here spelled out. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his, what? Name. Salvation. Yeshua. Jesus. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Guys, isn't that good news? When we were dead in our sins and our transgression, God sent his son to us. And God gave us the right through Christ that we become a part of his family. We become children of God. That's the essence of good news. That is what the gospel is. That's what the gospel means. And then verse 14. This is one of the greatest verses in the Bible. The word became flesh. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And John just says to the Greeks, Greeks, you want to know what's behind the whole world? You want to know that rational principle that governs the world? It's Jesus the word became flesh. Hey, hey, Jews, you want to know the spoken word back then, the first five books of the Old Testament? Jesus. Jesus stepped off the page and came into our world. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the, and I love this part, look at this, one and only. And notice that's capitalized, right? Here's what he says about Jesus. Jesus is the one and only. It's not Jesus plus 
Buddha. It's not Jesus plus any other person. It's not Jesus plus anybody. It's not pluralism at all. It is Jesus. It is Christ and Christ alone. It's not Jesus plus good works. You know, none of us are going to be so good that we earn our way into heaven. We're never going to be that good. It's Jesus, the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, when Jesus came, he revealed to us the heartbeat of the Father. And John says, here's the heart of the Father, grace and truth. Grace and truth. You know, we see this so clearly in the ministry of Jesus, don't we? And one day, if you go to John chapter 8, Jesus was teaching, and there were a lot of people around, and people were wanting to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were trying to trap Jesus. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe that he was the one they were waiting for. And so they're doing all these things to try to trap Jesus. And they come and they bring a woman caught in the act of adultery. Now, I, I can't think of a, a, most, a more shameful, embarrassing place to ever be in your life than this woman who's caught in the act of adultery. And they had set her up, right, in a hotel room, and they bust in, and they grab her, and she's grabbing a bed sheet or anything to cover herself, and they bring her out into the open in front of everybody, and they throw her at the feet of Jesus. And they say, Jesus, what should we do with this woman? What should we do with her? You know, the law says that she committed adultery and we should stone her to death. And so they start to pick up rocks. What do you say, Jesus? And right there, they think they've got Jesus. Because if Jesus were to say, you know what, no, 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 let her go. You, you can't do that, you know. They would say, well, the law says you're going against the law. But if Jesus turns around and says, yeah, you're right, the law says that she should die, go ahead and stone her, then, you know what, the Romans would come in and arrest Jesus because Jesus didn't have the right to kill somebody right there. The Romans were the ones. And so they think, man, we've got Jesus. They didn't care about the woman, did they? They didn't care about what was going on in her life and the shame and the embarrassment she felt. And Jesus at that moment with all these People stayed around yelling and screaming. Jesus, it says, just bends down. And he just begins to draw in the sand. And I believe he just looked this woman in the eyes and said, He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. All you people judging, And the Bible says rocks began to drop from the oldest to the youngest, and they all walked away. And Jesus looked at this woman with compassion in his heart. And he says, where are they who could dim you? She says, they're all gone. He says, neither do I condemn you. Grace. But go and sin no more truth grace and truth you guys for all of us God sent his son so we know his grace and when he changes and transforms our heart he calls us to live in this truth there are things that are important in the way the world works 
And God says, I've called you. And Jesus came to reveal both the grace of God and the truth of God. And he revealed the heart of God for you and for me. John testifies, verse 15, concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And John says, listen, he is eternal, right? You, you can you know, say, hey, John the Baptist is great as I am, but no, 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 no. It's all about Jesus. And then verse 16, if you underline your Bible, what an incredible verse right here. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Isn't that awesome? He says, listen, because of what you've received in Jesus, you have salvation. You have salvation. And not only that. One blessing after another. You have joy and hope and peace and purpose. It's the grace of God. One blessing after another. Have you ever just stopped and said, thank you, God. You are so good to me. You lavish your blessings on me. You are worthy of worship. Thank you, Father. One blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, right? That's the law, the Torah, the Old Testament. But grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Colossians chapter 1, here's what the Apostle Paul says. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. You were created by God. You were created for God. And God loved you so much that he didn't want to spend eternity without you. And he sent his son to you, Jesus. 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 So what difference does it make in our lives now that Jesus is here? What difference does it make that with Jesus is eternal? Well, number one is this. It means that there is hope. It means that there is hope. You know what? The mistakes you've made in the past, God can redeem. Jesus is there. The future that you're walking into, that you're scared, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's on the other side. You don't know where you're going to be financially or relationally. Jesus is there. He's already there. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is there. Therefore, we have hope. God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? He can redeem my past and he can restore my future. He is with me and he is for me. The second thing it means is this, is that you're never alone. You are never alone. Alone. Isn't that an incredible truth? An incredible that, that we are never alone. The psalmist says, hey, where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go from your spirit? If I rise up to the heavens, you are there. If I go to the depths, you are there. If I go to the far side, you are there. Your hand will sustain me. Your right hand will guide me. I am never alone. Thank you, God. The third thing it means is this, is that there is power. There is power for you in the name of Jesus. There's power available for you in the name 
of Jesus. For whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, there is power in the name of Jesus. One day Jesus was with his disciples and they came to a place called Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus brings the 12 and they come up and Caesarea Philippi was a, was a pagan temple that the Romans had used. It was a side of a cliff and they had dug these little kind of uh, places in the side of the cliff and put statues or idols. There was also a river that came out of a cave and the Romans believed that was the gate of Hades. And so people would come there to worship. People would come there and they would do all kinds of you know, debauchery there because they were worshiping these pagan gods and they were saying, we don't know what's on the other side, but we don't want to go there. And Jesus walks up with his disciples and he goes, hey guys, I got a question for you. And it's a question that everyone will ask. Who do men say that I am? And his disciples began to list. They said, well, some people say you're John the Baptist. This great prophet that's come back because John's head was cut off, right? Some say you're Elijah, great teacher, prophet, did miracles. Some say you're Jeremiah. And then Jesus turned it around on them back then and us today. And he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter speaks up. And he says this, you are the Christ, the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. You are Lord. You are Lord over all. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that this, you're going to be Peter. And I tell you upon this rock, the confession of that faith that Jesus Christ is Lord Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And he says, hey, I give you the keys to the kingdom. What are the keys to the kingdom? Jesus is Lord. It's the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, strongholds fall. In the name of Jesus, things that are wrong are made right. In the name of Jesus, healing comes. In the name of Jesus, there is power. In the name of Jesus, Peter stood up at Pentecost and preached and 3,000 accepted Christ and believed and were baptized that day. In the name of Jesus, Peter goes to Cornelius' house and the Gentiles begin to hear the gospel. In the name of Jesus, lives are changed and transformed. In the name of Jesus, there's power in the name. So what about you? Who is Jesus to you? And how has Jesus transformed you? A couple years ago, I was with our church on a mission trip in Moldova. And we go to Moldova, you know, every year through Justice and Mercy International and, and do work in orphanages there. And we were working in this village called Carpignan. And a little village, and we were there and working with these kids. We just fell in love with these precious kids and these orphans and vulnerable kids from, from this community. And in the afternoon, we spent all morning with these kids there in Carpignan. And one afternoon, we went out to this little, little town called Negria. 
And we go out to these kids, and I don't know if there have ever been Americans that have come to this town because we pull up and all these kids are out there on this homemade kind of soccer field, and they're all waiting for us and kind of looking at us like, who are these people? Where do they come from? But they were so excited we were there. We pull up in our van, and we get out, and we start talking to these kids. We had translators. and So there's probably 30 to 40 kids. We divided them up into you know, some groups, and we had these small groups, and we were just asking them questions, getting to know these kids. And in my group, I probably had six or seven kids from Moldova, probably, you know, ages 8 to 12. And we went around the circle. We just introduced ourselves, and we asked a question. And one of the questions we said was this. We said, if you could change anything about your life, what would you change? And as one kid said, I would love to see my mom. I've never met my mom Love to see her. And this other kid talked about wanting to go to school and he couldn't go to school. And another kid talked about, you know, food and, you know, all these questions and just answers that get you. And then it comes to the last kid. And in front of everybody else, he said, I would change my name. I said, well, tell me, why would you change your name? He said, well, my name is Vasily. And I was named after my dad. And my dad left me and my mom when I was three years old, and I've never seen him again. And I hate my dad. And I don't want to be named after him. And he put his head down. I could just feel the weight. I'm like, oh, man. And about that time, the whistle blew, and it was time for us to go play soccer or some game. And then we came back, and we were, had worship time and a Bible story time, and I'm watching this kid the whole time, and it's, Head's just hanging down. He's probably a 12-year-old kid. And then it was time for us to go, and we started back toward the vans to get on the vans to leave. And it was just like the Holy Spirit. I, I, I couldn't. I just ran over to this kid. I go to this kid, Vasily, and I just take him, and I, and I just put my hands on his shoulders. I go, Vasily, Vasily, listen, listen, listen to me. God sent his son, Jesus. And when you accept Christ into your heart, your life, I want to tell you, and that's why we're here. That's why God brought us all the way from the United States, just to tell you about Jesus. And when Jesus comes into your heart, Vasily, he changes your name. No longer are you orphaned and abandoned. Listen, you have a new name, and it's love. And it's confidence. And it's grace. And this kid's starting to cry, and I'm starting to cry. And I'm listening, look, I'm Vasily, Vasily. And we prayed right there. We stood there. And after we prayed, I looked at him and I said, Vasily, I want to encourage you this. I want you to live your life in such a way that one day people are going to want to name their kids Vasily. Because they've watched you be a man after God's heart. And they've watched you be faithful to your family and to be faithful to your community. Vasily, I want you to make that name and make it something people are proud of. Because of what God's doing in your life. And we prayed again and we hugged and I ran back and jumped on the van. But I want to tell you this, guys. There is a God who loves you so much that he sent his son from heaven to you. And Jesus stepped off the page of the Bible to come to tell you this. That you have a new name. And it's love. And it's grace. And it's mercy and it's confidence. That's what God wants to do in you. So, who is Jesus to you? And when you know Christ, you live in such a way that you bring honor and glory to Him. 
You live with grace, but you live in truth. And you stand for what is right. Because it's only Jesus. Hey everyone, thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the service and we want to encourage you to reflect on today's message throughout the week. Here at Rolling Hills, our goal is to raise up a community of disciples to be the hands and feet of Christ. And we hope that you will partner with us in doing so. How do you do that? Well, here are several ways. First, join us every Sunday, either online or at one of our physical locations. Join us as we worship our God and learn more about Him and His plan for us. Second, get connected. Check out our Next Steps page on the site to find out how you can engage with us further by serving or joining a community group. And lastly, we want to invite you to partner with us financially. You can do that online through the giving section of our site. All tithes and offerings go to support our ministries both locally and internationally, enabling us to impact lives and share God's Word. Again, we are so glad you joined us today. Have a great week.